Good morning. It is great to see you this morning, great to welcome you to, to Bethel, especially any guests or visitors that we have uh, with us today. Really good to see you, great to welcome everyone who's joining us uh, online as well and pray that the Lord will meet with you uh, where you are today. Uh, I'm always really excited on these mornings because it's not BBC question time, as somebody's already asked me. I'm not taking the hot seat this morning. Uh, this morning is a one passage, three voices morning, where we look at a passage of Scripture, but we invite three people to spend some time with it, to dive into it, to ask the Lord to speak to them, uh, and then just to share with us uh, what's come out of it. And every single time, I've been really blessed by that and learned something from it. So really looking forward to that today. And as Andy said right at the top of the service, we're starting a new series today uh, called Habitat. Uh, I don't know about you, but there are certain habits that uh, form my life when I get up in the morning. There are certain things I do when I get home after work. There are certain things I do, and I don't even have to think about them. And some of those habits are really healthy. And then there's the 95% that I also need to look at. And what we're going to be doing in the first sort of couple of months of this year is looking at the life of Jesus, looking at the life of Paul, the writings of the New Testament, and asking what are the habits that will really form our lives into a place where God can dwell, uh, that will really help us to become more and more like Jesus, less and less like the old me, and more and more like the me that God created me to be. I'm really excited about it. Who's, who's excited about this? Thank you for patronizing me. I appreciate it. appreciate it. Uh, but it's going to be great. And this morning, we're looking at a passage of Scripture that comes from Hebrews 10. It's hilarious at the moment when somebody uh, shares. You almost know that the Holy Spirit is snuck in early. And the passage that uh, Andy read at the top of the service is the passage uh, that we're going to be looking at today. So perhaps those who are coming to share want to come and grab a seat, Duncan, Keiko, and, and uh, Daniel. Uh, but while they're doing that, let's turn together to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read again, from, <laughs> but we're going to start a little bit earlier. Uh, verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, he's talking about Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifices for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect those who ever are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies about these things. For he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart. And I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. It's good news, this gospel, isn't it? And where those have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Hallelujah. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly 
to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So just take a moment to pray together for just a second. Lord Jesus, first and foremost today, we want to thank you for that one sacrifice that you gave your life once and for all. We thank you for your finished work, that it is done, it's accomplished, it's finished. But Lord, we want to come to you today as those who want to make the very most of your cross the very most of your blood, the very most of your love. So teach us, Lord, we pray, what it is to live in the light of your cross. Father, we want to thank you today for these three, for Duncan, Keiko, and Daniel, and for their willingness to serve, their willingness to listen, their willingness to share. We pray, Lord, today that you take off any pressure to perform or to be like anyone or to do anything a certain way in the Holy Spirit you would just minister through them today and that you would help us to be good hearers, good soil, that we'd respond to you today, Jesus. So as they speak, we pray that in the mystery of how you work, you might speak and that we'd hear from you today in a clear and a real way. We thank you for them and we pray that this would bless them as you make them a blessing to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to hand over to Duncan, who's going to go first. Can we welcome Duncan as he comes to share? Thank you. I do this was read out verse by verse. So I, often when I stand up to, to talk and work and other things, um, uh, I, I confidently say things at the start and then someone comes up at the end and says, well, actually, that's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got completely the wrong end of the stick. So um, uh, if, if, <laughs> you know, feel free to correct me um, if anything that I say here is not right. Um, but, but my understanding of Hebrews and, um, is that you know, this is a letter to the, the new church communities and the communities of believers being formed. And Hebrews is, you know, a community of, of Jewish believers. Um, and so, you know, when, when Paul writes to these people, he's, he's, you know, lifting up things that they do well and trying to, you know, guide them in, in ways that, you know, away from things that they're not doing so well. Um, and so it's, it's really targeted at people from the, from the Jewish faith, faith really. Um, and, and in the first verse, he says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. And for me, that says, you, you know, these, these rituals are, are empty. You know, they're mundane, they're repetitive, and ultimately now they're useless. But actually then he goes on to say, this priest, 
Jesus has offered for all time one sacrifice for sin. It's a new covenant. We can set aside these old ways of thinking. Um, there's no need for effort or for ritual. Everyone can take part in it. Um, and also, importantly, you know, as part of this, you cannot save yourself you know, by adhering to these Jewish laws. I, you know, um, they will not get you to heaven. And then he goes on to say, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. So even at the end of time, God will be victorious. It's his victory over death. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. This is a revelation. There's no need anymore for these ritual observances. Um, they're empty. And not only that, it's not just at this time and in this place. The Holy Spirit also testifies. So it's forever. The Holy Spirit endures forever. It's not just then in Jesus' time. It's always and forever. Um, this is the covenant. And, you know, this is, must have been incredibly powerful hearing this for the first time. The laws are written in your hearts. I will write them in their minds. So it's not just written in, in a book. It's not dispensed from you know, some human interceding with God. It's written in our hearts whenever we commit. The holiest is within us. Um, and then he goes on to say, there are sins I will remember no more. And, and for me, this made me think back to the, the Old Testament passages about a jealous God, you know, a just God, someone who's fair, but actually, you know, we don't measure up to a fair God, really. You know, none of us can keep these laws. You know, but because of Jesus' sacrifice, that frees us from having to accomplish it, something that we never could have done. You know, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. The old ways are over. And then, um, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, so I, I did do some reading about this because I vaguely remembered something about this. And I think in, in the Jewish faith, the Ark of the Covenant was so holy, it was behind a curtain and only the highest priests could enter into it. But now, because of Jesus, that curtain has been, has been drawn back and all of us can enter into the, into the closest relationship with God. And actually, um, apparently, if, if anyone, any mortal touched the Ark of the Covenant, they were immediately struck down dead. But this gives everyone the chance to come and commune directly with God. So let us, let us draw near to God. We can be in the presence of God because of his sacrifice. Um, and then he goes on to say, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. We don't have to fear. And then the loveliest part is at the end, really. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Um, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. And actually it, it shows the importance of community and, and, and a supportive you know, Christian family really. And um, over, for me, what this really spoke to was how when I was little and going to church and things, um, I, you know, there was, it always felt like there was a lot of value placed in you know, wearing your Sunday trousers. Um, you know, saying the right things and doing the right things. And the problem is that actually all of those kind of rituals are, 
really they're meaningless. What, what matters is, is faith and our, and our connection with God. Thank you, Duncan. I'm glad I'm not the only one who gets notes after I've finished about what was right and what was wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the reminder of the difference. You know, you're so glad that we're living in New Testament times, that we have this priest uh, and this sacrifice, and also something of the inside-out transformation. It's not about rules and rituals that will force us into doing something, but a law that's somehow written within. I loved your phrase about the holiness. The holiest is within us. Incredible. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Can we welcome Keiko as she comes to share? Um, good morning. Uh, yeah, so uh, recently I became a member of this church and thank you very much for a uh, friendly welcome last few weeks. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> I've been thinking probably over 10 years since I moved from Japan. Yeah, I was in London and I thought about being a member at the, the church over there, but I kind of left it, mm, preserved the idea, <laughs> let's say. And uh, after I moved here, I still held the idea and uh, it's kind of a typical me, kind of holding on the side, kind of warming up a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, finally, <laughs> yeah, I'm here, part of this Bethel Baptist Church family. Thank you. And uh, yeah, the end of last year, when John asked me to be part of this uh, uh, service. I was so excited. Why not? It's like, and John's message is always kind of calm. It's like, oh, please think about it, pray for it, and see how God speaks to you. And I thought, no, I will say yes to anything from, you know, related to church and God. I might not do well, but it's like, okay, Nothing I'm going to lose. I will gain more from this uh, uh, process. Yeah, so, and uh, I sent him back with a kind of a, not a calm kind of, yeah, I will. <laughs> and since then, yeah, I've been praying for it. And uh, as uh, John said, uh, see how God speaks. So I thought, Okay, I'm so excited, but wait a minute. Am I listening to him really? So I've been praying for him. Please speak to me. I, I need your wisdom, not my knowledge, but him, him. His words gonna come to me. It's, it's all about him. It's, it's all about his family and his gatherings and uh, a letter through somebody who trusts in him and uh, with the Holy Spirit. So I've been praying, sorry for 
I was so feeling sorry to God for kind of taking this chance so casually, but I gonna be, I gonna come to him sincerely. And it was a challenge, I must say, because speaking in front of others, it's like not lecture, because I'm just a mere person. And so it gave me good chance to make kind of feel humble, humbly read this passage. So I really appreciate it. And uh, when I heard this Hebrews, it's like gong. Sorry, <laughs> if start before starting <laughs> the passage, it's like Hebrews. Come on, it's like a chewy beef jerky to me. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, John Hebrews, please help me, Hebrews. Because I remember nearly 10 years ago, back in London, I was in part of a ladies' Bible study group, and we were reading Hebrews. And uh, I was uh, baptized a long time ago, but uh, Actually, reading Bible carefully was very new. It's like, so in the middle of a group, it's like, who's Melchizedek? So I asked them, <laughs> the ladies, oh, excuse me, who is this uh, Melchizedek? Did I say right kind? And then I realized how much I was, uh, so I missed, so, it reminded me that 10 years ago, and I phoned one of the ladies. I'm talking about it. I'm going to talk about Hebrews. And I remember that Melchizedek and the lady was saying, oh, yeah, I love Hebrews. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's very challenging. But uh, I read uh, Hebrews many times last couple of weeks because um, I, yeah, I wanted to chew, as it's very difficult for me. So chewing, 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 then read. And uh, the God started speaking to me a lot. It's like a ringing bell inside of my head all the time, all the time, and it never stopped. So last night I realized God heard my prayer and it's amazing. So, yeah, I want to share that amazing letter from God this morning. And uh, as Duncan said, yeah, there is comparison about old covenant and new covenant. Numerous priests were doing the repetitive duties of their religion, and uh, but in the new covenant, there's only one priest. This priest, of course, it's Jesus. Yes, this priest. Before that, there were descendants of Aaron, and uh, they were also proud of their special role for family of Jew, Jews 
but after one from one to another, they just passed the duty to next person, next person, and uh, it didn't work. It wasn't God's actually plan to remind us the sins. God did it for us, for people in Judea, but because of our nature, it didn't completely clean the sins because the priest himself was with the sins. And uh, this priest, Jesus, he did miraculous things. Firstly, he came as promised long time ago. Yeah. And uh, Jesus, after he sacrificed himself as perfect, perfect sacrifice, he is now sitting in heaven next to God, Father, and waiting for the day. So he has done his job, and still he is living. He is there and waiting and waiting, not by himself, but he's waiting for us to see him and come to the day together. And uh, that's kind of, that's really encouraging. He's there waiting. And uh, I read through these uh, passages and the, the verse 25, the end of this passage, it says, all the more, do it all the more, as you see the day approaching. And I thought, do I see it? Do I see the day clearly? Do I have, do I have the habit to focus? Because if we don't see it, how can we, you know, make plans, or how can we step even one side to the direction? Like, uh, I liked it just this morning, actually, my son, Kayuga, he's very cute and cheeky. And uh, he had a birthday very recently, and this morning he just said, Mom, can I have Roblox sticker for my birthday? He had a birthday recently, but he's so willing to focus on his birthday next year already. So I gave, I just told him, okay, can you, can you make a list now? Yeah, so mom doesn't forget. So, but the children are honest. It's like focus, my birthday. And before that, what they need? Party plans? of course, and who to invite, and what present, and where. Yeah, they are so amazing. It's like, uh, so exciting. It's, it's their day. It's gonna be special. Gonna be with somebody they really want to celebrate together. And uh, here, the day approaching, 
can we see it with excitement? And Jesus is waiting. He's waiting with excitement. He's done the job. He's done the amazing job only he could do. And he's there waiting. And we are part of the celebration to come. And it is a challenge. Some, lots of times it's like we get distracted. But through the prayers and the reading, the Bible, and the continual positive, repetitive remindings to each other, we can get through it. Yeah, it's amazing to say that myself. It's like praying, yes, prayer. Prayer is powerful and uh, also, reading Bible, reading Bible is a very, sometimes boring, I must say, like the size of Noah's Ark, okay, this cubit and that and that and that. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cubit, what's cubit? <laughs> <laughs> and it's written precisely, so we're gonna read it. Yeah, and sometimes I just cheat. <laughs> but reading continuously every day and just it doesn't have to be whole chapter but reading through continually help you and actually helped me in a difficult time difficult time just the passage, or God speaks to us through the passage you've read in the past. It might be it, the one you always liked. Or sometimes, suddenly it comes up. You didn't think too much about the passage, but in a situation, oh, I didn't understand this part but now I can see better. And it gives you the power and also assurance. God is speaking right now. And you are not alone. And he lives in us. Yeah. So if you don't understand the Bible, but still carry on reading. And... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little better than 10 years ago, I know Melchizedek, and thanks to, <laughs> thanks to ladies' group. And uh, I remember ladies' group leader. She, she was a very mm, good leader, timekeeper, and uh, she was very stern. Mm. So she told me, Kaiko, just coming to church and singing the song doesn't to make you a faithful Christian. You're going to grow up. You're going to be just a baby. You're going to grow up. Faith. Your faith is going to be grow up. Hmm. So she pushed me like, <laughs> it's, 
Not the mom, like, mom is, um, there's a kind of part of escape, but she was a teacher. <laughs> but I do appreciate, yeah, it changed my view of life as a Christian, and, uh, mm, it, uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know how my children would carry on as a believer, but I just feel, carry on reading Bible, they might come to the situation they really need it. Hmm. As a parent, it's like all the time, oh, what am I doing? I'm gonna be role model, but I can't be role model all the time. And I'm terrible when kids have arguments. I just say, if one of you breathes, let me know. <laughs> because it happens all the time. So I'm like, mm, yeah, if you have a serious injury, so let me know. <laughs> Otherwise, just carry on. <laughs> Because I step in and they just uh, say something. And it's their habit. But as a mom, what I can do for children daily is just believe in God, pray, carry on praying for them, and also read the Bible. And uh, reading Bible helped me grow as uh, I have to know the Bible, and I have to see the day approaching. Because children, they, they are amazing. They understand how much we are confident about the things. Like, uh, yeah, when I use Google Map, my daughter, Komachi, she is a very anxious person. So, Mom, where are we? Where are we? Are we okay? Yeah, mom got lost, but look, Google map, it says this way and that. Are you sure, mom? Yes, I am. I'm not. <laughs> but Google map, okay, yeah. Uh, can you wait? Just, I'm gonna turn around. But uh, yeah, children can see us, our honest feeling. So if we are not, if I wasn't careful, uh, kind of confident, they are, they wouldn't see that day with excitement. So I want to tell them how exciting to wait for the day because it's gonna come. It is, as the children say, real life. <laughs> yeah, it's not a story we're gonna tell children, you know, happily ever after. Through the process, we might get we might have to go through the brutal situations, tear coming down, and uh, it's not always easy. Yeah, but it is real life, and we get the best gift that moment. And uh, to appreciate that day, I thought, here in Hebrews 10, we include people around us 
let us consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. So, and uh, let us encourage one another, which means in the heaven, when that day comes and Jesus stands up and uh, come in glory, can we stand in front of him as one? Because our world is so full of conflict and mixed feeling, we wouldn't say, I don't like that situation, that of kind of, I like that mixed feeling. <laughs> so in front of Jesus, do we still have the mixed feeling? We are there, we will be there as a family. So you might have a difficult moment with certain people or certain person right now or in the past. And now you don't have to deal with it after a few years. But when the day comes, you will see them again as the same children of God, as the same people who believed the salvation. How can we appreciate it? It is uh, one of my challenges as a Christian because uh, I have quite a lot of feelings. And uh, yeah, it is uh, difficult uh, to digest my emotions from time to time, but uh, it is meaningful for us to see others as the same people who come to the day with excitement, no any other feelings, just focusing the Christ he is the one we're going to see, and others, just one family, one body, can we do it? Then we're going to do it now, from now. It's like reading Bible. Every day, it's like hard some days. <sighs> okay. Kaiko, keep calm. Thanks to my parents, my face doesn't show much emotion, probably, or Asian face. So I used to think my face tells everything, but I just, I realized it's not like that. But yeah, it doesn't have to be, you have to understand why that happened. Why me? Why do I have the feeling and why? Do we behave like that? Because we can't understand it. But it's not like a Disney film, I'd say. The bad guy and the innocent princess. No. We all were born as a baby. And the baby is so beautiful. So somehow we are tempted through our lives. Sorry, I'm talking <laughs> too long. I have so much going on in my brain. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Now, when I walk on the street, 
It doesn't work 24-7, but I feel pity on some people. I imagine when they are born or three years old, how they behaved, how they were so excited about their birthday candles, how they liked sharing toys with friends, and the first day in a school, those people sometimes made mistakes, and me as well, I do sometimes amazingly bad things, and, uh, but as long as we hold on to him, and we don't lose the sight of that day, we can get through it together. That's what uh, I learned from here. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love the picture uh, of waiting for Jesus' coming like a child waits for their birthday. Uh, and the image of Jesus waiting for us as well. And of course then, Keiko mentioned habits that help us on that journey. Praying, reading, worshipping, studying, learning from others. Uh, really, really helpful. Thank you so much. Can we welcome Daniel as he comes to share? Thank you. Okay, so if I were to try to summarize my reflections on this passage in just a few words, it would be something like this. My heart and my head are not yet ready for heaven, but God's on the case. I was drawn immediately to that slightly abbreviated quotation in verses 15 to 17 uh, from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, who's describing this new agreement that God makes with his people Israel. He says, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. So I want to take you back to the city of Cambridge, circa 1997. My brother was studying AS level mathematics. Maybe some of you are also doing so. Um, my father would sit patiently with Tim as they worked through his homework on, I don't know, let's say solving simultaneous equations. Um, through much weeping and gnashing of teeth, <laughs> I just don't get it! They would eventually arrive at what is in some circles known as the right answer. Um, <laughs> cue wild celebrations. So half an hour later, Tim and I are cycling to youth group at church, and as the older and much wiser elder brother, I felt it'd be selfish of me to keep all my mathematical insights to myself. Um, so, so I asked him, Tim, do you want to know why that's the right answer? And he just looks at me, no. <laughs> I just don't care. I want to know how to do it, but that's all. And not a great deal has changed, to be honest. Uh, Tim uses quite a lot of mathematics in his day job as a risk consultant but still basically just wants to know that he's doing the right thing. And to be fair, he's very good at what he does. So on the other hand, I am a teacher of mathematics to undergraduate medical students. Um, so what I want them to know is not just what is right, but why things are right. I want them to understand the beauty and the deep connections in the subject. Most of all, I want them to want to know 
And I know there's a lot of teachers here in the room and some students as well. Um, incidentally, I entirely endorse Sam Seaborn's view that teachers should be millionaires, given the importance of their job. Um, but I want to ask you teachers, I'm guessing that you're wanting to teach not just the subject, but the love of the subject. You're not just trying to share how to do things. You're not just trying to win marks and grades, but you're trying to win hearts and minds. And, and what this passage is telling me is that God also is in the business of winning hearts and minds. Here's how Rob Lacey puts the passage in the word on the street. God says, this is my side of the new contract. I'll plant my principles in their deep places. I'll tattoo my ideas into their thinking. And more, I'll wipe the mess off their slates permanently. I'll lose the hard drive that holds the charges and evidence against them. I'll forgive and forget. And that's an encouragement to me because the Jewish books of law and prophecy are long and complicated. I mean, have you looked at them? Um, and of course, it's good. You know, at the beginning of this chapter of Hebrews, it says that the law is a shadow of good things that are coming. But God is promising to put good laws in our hearts and write them on our minds. Now, I'm presuming these are not the detailed food laws or even the Ten Commandments, important though they are. I imagine instead that this is referring to the most upstream principles Jesus was asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And here again, what he says next, because I think it's really important all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So mathematicians might call these axioms. They're sort of basic principles from which a whole host of other important stuff can be deduced. For a bear of very little brain like me, having only a small number of principles to remember is a huge deal. So here's the good news. The more maths that I do, the more I spot those deeper connections, those deeper principles, that makes me a better mathematician, so I do more maths, and I spot more principles, and so on. So this passage has been a huge encouragement to me that if I want God's deepest principles in my heart, and I do, then just doing it is a good place to start. Because here's the difficult part. God's laws aren't yet rooted particularly deeply in my heart nor are they written especially indelibly on my mind. Do you remember uh, in Fiddler on the Roof when Tevye is imagining what life would be like if he was a rich man? Yabba, dabba, dibba, dabba, dum, etc. Do you recall, exactly, Brian can sing it for us. <laughs> Do you recall what he says would be the sweetest thing of all? It's really interesting. I discussed the holy books with the learned men several hours every day, and that would be the sweetest thing of all. So, so I am a rich man, and I can't say that with any integrity. That isn't yet how I would choose to spend my leisure time. 
King David was a man after God's own heart, and he says something similar. His actions were far from perfect, of course, but God's laws were in his heart and mind. And he says in Psalm 27, One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Even when I follow God's guidance for my life, I do so with a divided heart and mind. So part of me thrills at the God-honoring, selfless, sacrificial love that is at the heart of God's ideal for human society. Imagine a world like that. But part of me also thrills at the polar opposite, me-honoring, selfish, indulgent ideas that have been sort of dangled before our eyes since the dawn of time. So honestly, God's law isn't yet fully in my heart, nor yet fully in my mind. So is this verse wrong? I don't know where you are on your journey of following Jesus. Maybe you've not yet made up your mind about following him. It, it is, of course, a daily decision. As this passage says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. But if you were asking me today why I continue to follow Jesus, I'd say it's because the Bible is the best description I've found of the condition of my heart. It's full of these contradictions, as Martin Joseph sings about. And Jesus offers the only solution that I've found to the problem of my heart. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. So verse 22 is an encouragement to come back to our great teacher who wants to win our hearts and minds. It invites us to draw near to God with a sincere heart and a clean conscience, despite the deep divisions that remain there. So I want to end with a thank you and a please. I have a close work colleague who shares my enthusiasms for all things mathematical. And when one of us spots some connection between two mathematical ideas, some deeper principle, we can't wait to tell it to each other. Verse 24 says that we should likewise spur one another on to love and good deeds. So, please don't let cynicism or reserve get in the way of enthusing about some new understanding of God's love for you, or somewhere you've seen that worked out in your life. And I want to say thank you to everyone here who has encouraged me by sharing a little of what they love so much about God. Please keep up the good work. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Bring it on. Thank you so much. Thank you. When he started talking about maths, I think I understood about two words. But the... <laughs> But likewise, we long for that, don't we? Not just to know about God, but to want to know about God. Not just to follow God, but to long to follow God, to want to be more like him. And thankfully, he's on that. He's on that case. So we just take a moment just to pray together. We're going to respond in song in just a moment. But I wonder what it is that the Holy Spirit has been saying to you this morning as we've sought to listen to this passage. 
And so let's just take a moment today, as we've asked God to speak, just to honor his voice among us. Maybe there's been a a challenge that you want to take away with you. Or maybe you've been reminded of a habit that you want to start or restart. Or maybe there's somebody that you've been really blessed by, but you never encouraged them in that. You just want to encourage them. Or maybe there's a, a story, a testimony of how God has encouraged you and spurred you on that you've been reminded of this morning that you just need to share with someone. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray now that just as Daniel's dad came and sat with his brother, would you come and sit with us and teach us, open your word to us, open our minds to you. And we pray, Lord, today as you come afresh to write your ways, your heart, your laws on our hearts and in our minds, that we would not become hard-hearted towards you. As we were hearing about last week, that we wouldn't be lukewarm towards you. So help us today to grow, to follow, to trust, and to find ways to spur one another on as we seek to do that together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank these three for sharing? Thank you so much.